This is an ABC podcast. Abdul Aziz Mohammed is from Darfur in Western Sudan. But he's been in Australian immigration detention on Manus Island since 2013. For the last few years, he's been in correspondence with Melbourne-based journalist Michael Green. So here we are. So we're just in the, the waiting hall. There are two different doors that Aziz might come through. And it's uh, now 7.30 a.m. But right now, Michael's waiting at the airport in Geneva, Switzerland. Something surreal is happening. So it's coming up to an hour since he landed. I'm feeling kind of nervous. Aziz has been shortlisted for a major international award for human rights defenders for his work resisting Australia's offshore detention policies. Papua New Guinea has allowed him to travel to Switzerland briefly for the award ceremony. So there are still some other people waiting, holding up signs. Someone with a sign for uh, Mr and Mrs Draper over there. Someone for Corey. Aziz is only allowed to visit Geneva for two weeks. Then he has to return to Manus Island. Back to the same situation he's been celebrated for campaigning against. Hi, I'm Miyuki Okiranta, and today in the first of a two-part series for Earshot, Michael is hoping to meet Aziz and record his unusual visit beneath snow-capped mountains. Hey, I think I see him. I think I can see him. He just, I think he just walked way back through the baggage carousel. It's over a year since I last saw Aziz, and that was on Manus Island. This is the civilization now. Before we return to the airport waiting hall, we're going to step back to that last time I saw Aziz, back to Manus. I managed to visit the island at the time Aziz and the other refugees were refusing to leave their abandoned detention centre. There were several hundred men in there, and they had no power or supplies, but they were smuggling in food, catching rainwater and digging wells. They smuggled me in there too, by boat in the middle of the night. So did you buy the chain and the lock? Yeah, we buy the chain and we buy the lock. This is a, this is a Delta compound. Delta? Aziz showed me his room. On his wall, he'd written inspirational quotes from Martin Luther King, Obama, Gandhi and Mandela. Another thing that I would like to show you, so this is a, a map that I drew about my journey and on top of that map, I say, I miss you, mom. And uh, this is the day that I left Sudan, 11 of July, 2013. Mm. All the way I came to Indonesia, and then moved all the way to Shire. And then from PNG, now you can see this sign. Yeah. So I'm on my way again to Shire. That means my journey hasn't finished yet. My journey is still going on. He gave me a long tour, showed me their food storeroom and their wells. They were managing somehow, running their own prison as a protest for freedom. But it was a huge risk, actually a matter of life and death. I asked Aziz if he was sure he was making the right decision. Just, you know, let's be clear that like when you believe on one thing that something is wrong and food and water is not really important. Sometimes, you know, when you believe something is really wrong and you want to make it right, you have to sacrifice. It is their military base. And your stay, I repeat, your stay here would be seen as illegal and unlawful. Move now! I don't want to move. Move now! 
angry with them. We are angry here. Thank you, hope you. I was still on Manus, nearly two weeks later, after the men were all moved out by force. Ziz came and met me in my hotel room in the centre of town. Until this moment, I, I, I couldn't believe that I'm here in Loringau, you know. And even this morning, I was talking to my roommate, like, I just... Things look weird for me, and I just miss the life that I've been on for the last 24 uh, days that we were in Lumbrum, like we had a lot to share and we had a lot to do, you know, from morning till nighttime. But um, also I've lost really uh, quite a lot of my energy because I wasn't expect the move to be like that and it just got violent. In the months that followed, Aziz was really low. He'd put all his hopes and energy into those three and a half weeks of purpose. And now, there was nothing but a new indefinite future on Manus Island. He still hadn't been interviewed for resettlement in the US. And anyway, they didn't seem to be accepting people from Sudan. Someone sent me a link to an international prize for human rights defenders. And with Aziz's permission, I coordinated an entry for him. In Australia, protest to support our fight. Like the five years before, Aziz kept working, speaking change. at rallies by we phone, contacting advocates in Australia, organising men to see doctors, uh, and also trying to pass the time. <laughs> this is a recording he made one night, playing cards and listening to music with his friends. It was around then that he found out he'd been shortlisted for that prize, the Martin Ennals Award for Human Rights Defenders. Not only that, but they wanted to see if they could get him to the ceremony. For months it seemed preposterous, but the awards organisation kept looking into it. It was only a week before Aziz had to leave that he committed to going to Switzerland. It was February this year. On the morning of his flight, he was in Port Moresby, trying to find somewhere with a colour printer so he could print out a letter he had from the Swiss government. He had a PNG-issued travel document, but no proper passport or visa. Yes, I checked in and I already finished my checking in. And uh, so sitting, you know, trying to relax and wait for my flight. What's your route? Yeah. You go from Port Moresby to... Manila, yeah, and then from Manila to, to Doha, and then from Doha to Geneva. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's really crazy, man. Do you feel like you're going to make it? Well, I, I I don't know, actually. I don't know, but uh, I just I feel really nervous, nervous, and I really feel scared by myself alone, you know. And I don't know what will, you know, I don't know what will happen when I land in Geneva. I was going to meet him in the airport at Doha for the final flight to Switzerland. But when I arrived there, I got a message saying the airline hadn't let him on his connection in Manila. So, a day late, then an hour delayed, on a freezing cold morning, I'm in the waiting hall with the boss of the award organisation, who's also called Michael, Michael Kampata. And Aziz comes through the automatic doors. Hey, hey, there he is. <laughs> nice to see you. Welcome to Geneva. Aziz. How are you? It has been a long trip. Huh? It has been a long trip and I, I am so exhausted at the moment and I, all I can say I'm just freaking out now. 
Can I get something to wear, please? Warm. Let's get you a jacket, first of all. I've got boots for you, but you don't need them right In Manila, they stopped me from the plane because they asked me, like, why even you don't have a visa? And I told them that I've been informed that I should get my visa on the arrival. They say, we want a visa. So we can't put you on the plane, at least you have a visa. And then put me in a small room upstairs and I was freaking. I thought they were going to send me back to Papua New Guinea again. And I was like, okay, okay, let's just wait and see what will happen. It just makes me sad that uh, after six years, even I don't have an identity that where I can use it, you know. So now we're walking to the train. It makes me feel like, oh, where am I? Where am I? Looks a bit different from home, doesn't it? Oh, it looks, there's a huge difference. Just make me feel like I'm not belong to these spaces. We just get you a ticket. I find out later that it's actually the first time Aziz has been on a train. But it's only a very short ride, just one stop to Geneva Central Station. So before long, he's in his hotel room. And last time I met with you in Manus, I remember even I said a few words to you, like hopefully we will see each other in somewhere. But um, it's weird that today we are here in Geneva and you are in Geneva and I'm here in Geneva as well. And I have never been in such a fancy room in many years. His room on Manus has two bunk beds in it for three people. And it's smaller than the little dining area in the hotel room. Microwave. Six <laughs> years I never even touched a microwave. He has his own kitchen with dishes and cutlery and cups here. On Manus, he shares all that with nine other guys. They share a toilet too. It's such a weird and crazy thing that to be in a bathroom like this, man. One with an actual mirror. The mirror. They remove the mirror because you can commit suicide, the mirror. We go to the window, which looks out onto the platforms of Geneva Station. The closest is only about 20 metres away, right at eye level. It's three hours to the German border. Or the other way, just over three hours on a high-speed train all the way to Paris. People in and out of this station. And this is really a... Uh, a perfect view, a view that even I haven't seen it for years. Last time when I saw a train, it was on Sudan. And, and from that time, like, I'm just trying to picture how the train looked like, and all I could see it's on the movie. But I can, I was hoping that maybe I can get on the train <laughs> one day. And now I'm in the room with the view of the train, you know, going in and out of the station. There's just one leaving right now. Yeah, and there's one leaving right now. And I feel awkward, you know, about this, you know, and I'm just trying to process it through, but I don't know for how long it will take for me to process that. But I have to accept that this is the fact. I'm in Geneva. <laughs> Your roommates, what did they say when you told them that you were going to Switzerland? They did not believe it. No one even believed it. They don't believe it. And then when I did it, they just told me that, okay, we didn't believe you first, but now we do, but do not come back. I said, like, man, you should seek asylum there. I cannot do it because I have only, you know, two weeks entering on the country. 
this is not just such an easy thing that you raise your hand and you say okay here i'm gonna seek asylum and people are gonna say okay the door are open come in now policy are changing even in europe at the moment the rules of law are changing due to the global crisis of the refugees at the moment i just feel like you know the reason even why i've been recognized i mean uh, one of these three finalists is because of the I mean, the work that I did on Manus. I'm glad that I'm here in Geneva and I'm going to be in the United Nations. And I will go back again to Manus and tell people that, look, the international community, they have already recognized our struggles. Is there a small part of you that, like, looks at that train just leaving there and thinks, maybe you should just get the hell on that train? Well, I wish if we could just, you know, get on that flight, a train and... And once we get in, we can just see everyone, you know, all the Manus guys are on that train. <laughs> It would make me so excited, you know, because I just feel like, you know, I left my soul back there, you know. Personally, I'm here, but my heart is still on menace. And I've been just thinking about what's going to happen because I left people in a, such a horrible conditions. And I wish that, like, you know, nothing will happen to those people until I go back to see them again. But the people who brought him here are feeling awkward that Aziz has to return. When we were waiting at the airport, Michael Kambata, the awards boss, said he was very uncomfortable about it, but it had been Aziz's choice. In the hotel lobby, Aziz meets Hans Tulin, the co-founder of the Martin Annals Award. Before Aziz has even put down his suitcase, Hans is theorising on the predicament. The Australian government, he says, would probably even prefer it if Aziz didn't return. And your problem is that they're much more afraid you'll come back. <laughs> A troublemaker like you, back, stay here, you know. Nobody's interested once you're in safety. It's a terrible thing to say, but tough politics. It is it's very, very tough politics that we've been through. Hans is alarmingly frank. As this is still standing there with us, and Hans just goes on, explaining to me what he means. Uh, he is put in a terrible dilemma, if you want to put it in a... In a uh, for the course requires one thing, and... His personal happiness requires something else. And uh, these choices are terrible for people to make. And I admire him greatly, because the fact that he says, I want to go back to take care of my, my friends and my fellow human beings, that makes him a human rights defender. Defending your own rights is nothing wrong, but it doesn't make you a human rights defender. Aziz is meant to be having a rest day, but instead he has a meeting scheduled. So we head there together on the tram. Look at those mountains with the oh snow. Oh my gosh, man. I wish if there's snow, some snow here in the city. Uh, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Check this out. Kidding me? All right, so we just pulled up at the final tram stop and there's a huge poster for the Martin Annals Award with Aziz on it. It's about a metre and a half tall and three metres wide. Oh my God, I'm going to have to take a photo of this. We're right near UNHQ, the grand building with all the flags. And like, put your head next to your head. It turns out these billboards are all over the city, wherever we go. Another day I see three on one corner. You're going to get spotted around this city. People are going to be like... <laughs> Are you that guy from the billboards? Just as I say it, someone recognises him. A woman walking past to get to the tram. She's like, she looked at the picture and she looked at me. She, she was just in a rush, otherwise she got to come and shake hands. 
Aziz goes to his first meeting, kind of a meet and greet with higher-ups from the UN's refugee agency. Afterwards, we get back on the tram. It's only his first day, but already his face is all over the city, and important people want to listen to him. It's finally, I mean, it feels like we are getting to somewhere. It's just feel like we are getting to somewhere. just eating a croissant with Nutella. <laughs> it was pretty good. This morning, Aziz has got interviews scheduled with two newspaper journalists. And the judges for the award are meeting in private to decide who the winner will be. I haven't mentioned yet the other two candidates. There's Erin Keskin from Turkey. She's been a lawyer and human rights activist for more than three decades and Marino Cordoba Berrio from Colombia, who fights for the rights of Afro-Colombian people. More than 400 leaders in those communities have been murdered in the last three years. When Marino's in Colombia, he needs bodyguards around the clock. Erin isn't here in Geneva. She's just been sentenced to 12 and a half years jail for publishing articles that were said to have degraded the Turkish nation and insulted the president. She's free pending an appeal, but doesn't want to leave Turkey. She's very glamorous in her photos, with lots of eye makeup and a big pile of hair atop her head. The second contender, Marino, is tall and imposing and taciturn in person, with a shaven head and a crisp suit. Looks a bit like a mid-career Sydney Portier. And then there's Aziz. He's 26 years old, with broad shoulders and skinny legs. He'd be a dapper dresser if he could. But after years stuck on a tropical island, he arrived in a T-shirt. He doesn't even own a jacket. You know, excited to be in Geneva and having a breakfast. Mm. There goes the last of the croissant. Mm-hmm. The journalist arrives for the interview. I was struck by the situation in, in, the, in this camp. The policy of Australia towards asylum seekers, it seems quite odd to me. It's very extreme. But maybe I didn't understand very well. I don't know. He will explain to me, man. It's uh, it's a little bit difficult that uh, in times of we thought we thought that uh, I go to check in with him a few hours later after he finishes those interviews. How are you? Good. Dad. How are you? Now I think we we go for lunch. We come back and get ready. And is he told what's the deal with the award? <laughs> well, soon you will hear some good news. I just got a call from Michael that he said I won it. Unbelievable, man. Well, what did he say? Well, he just, I know, he called me and he said, hey, um, the jury made the decision that you are the, uh, I mean, the lawyers. The laureate. I was shaking. And I was like, hello, what did you say? Are you, hello, I can't hear. What? And he said, you are the lawyers. I was like, oh, my God, am I? And, you know, it's a feeling of exciting. I mean, it's an historical moment that where. We got the, the international community attention and we get the Australian government attention. It's a victory. And this is not only one victory, but it's a two victory at a time. The other victory for Aziz is something that happened in Australia. Overnight, the lower house passed the Medivac bill against the will of the Morrison government. So they are going to take it to the Senate to, to make it as a law in Australia. And at the moment, we have a, a green light that all the sick men on Manus Island and Nauru will be going to Australia for medical treatment. 
and plus the, the award here, it changed everything. This is the acknowledgement that we were looking for in a six years, despite our fight and despite our resistance. And I, I feel like my dream has become true now. So it's uh, Wednesday afternoon, three hours before the big speech. Aziz is trying to decide what to wear. He's looking a bit stressed out. Really stressed out. Sometimes when you're trying to go somewhere, like you need to drive in every type of clothes that you have to just make sure that it looks okay. And how many people are going to be there? Well, according to what I heard, I mean, there will be like a thousand people there. So which is going to stress me out about what I'm going to say. All right. We don't have a time. She's down there waiting for us. We rush out so we can get to a TV interview. And one thing that I like about these people is like, they are tied up with the time. Time, it means everything to them. <laughs> time on Manus Island doesn't matter for us. We don't even like care about time at all. Claire, Claire, he's here. Hey, <laughs> he's ever looking for you. To get to the location, we walk through the town centre, across a bridge over Geneva's famous lake, and through the streets to a busy park opposite the Opera House. Old men are playing chess and kids are ice skating. Aziz looks up and has a rare moment, marvelling at the scenery. It's a beautiful place, honestly. It is a beautiful place. Otherwise, the whole time he's here, he keeps his head down and his earbuds in. We talk about this another day, a bit later on. He says he isn't a tourist. That's not what's going on. Honestly, when I walk around, I just... I don't even have that kind of feeling, you know? There's other things that also you should know that we don't have a feeling now. It's too late now. And you're not going to have it until you, you're having your freedoms. You're having your proper freedom. That's the time when you start feeling it. When I hear you say that, it's like I have this image of myself of you like walking around the streets of Geneva in a, in a little kind of fog or something and you can't take it all in. It's a little bit like that, exactly. Like you're in a place, like you know, now you feel like you have a freedom of two weeks or freedom of maximum three weeks. But you can't take that whatever joy of the freedom that you get in those three weeks inside you because there's no place inside you that can fit, you know, that joy of freedom here. So what we got is we got a dead blood inside our, our body, inside our heart, inside our feeling, cover everything. It needed time to have a proper feeling of what is it like to be in a free world, in a free place, and you can have a, an equal and fair treatment like everybody else. So, anyway, all I'm doing is I'm just leaving the moment and walk away. One day come, another day pass, today, tomorrow, the next day, when my time's over, I hit out of here. Everything that I saw here, I leave it behind. Very difficult, it's very difficult. Not to be too excited about it and not to be too sad about it. We're at the hall before the ceremony. It's got balconies and a high curved ceiling. And the rows of chairs are packed in tight. Aziz is practicing his lines and freaking out. Well, we are an experiment, experiment. For the whole world is watching to see how cruel democracy can be on behalf of its people. Just nervous. I'm shaking, I don't know. I need to go to the place, like hot place, court. You're stressed. Need to have a coffee and be in a quiet place to practice for a little bit. Backstage, 
a member of the Executive Council of Geneva introduces herself. Aziz is pretty impressed. such a big people. This one, behind me, behind me. That's the mayor of this city, of Geneva. Such an honour. The guests file in, and suddenly it's showtime. I have a great honour to announce that the winner, the laureate of this year's Martin Adams Award for Human Rights Defenders is Aziz. I feel a little bit cold and shaking, so don't get me wrong. It's my first time to be in a cold place. <laughs> Bonjour, Madame et Monsieur. Salam. The awards coordinators had asked him for a written version of his speech beforehand. He'd worked on it all morning. But standing up on stage, he totally ignores it and goes into full preacher mode. We are known to the Australian government as a numbers. They have erased our names, they have stolen our identity, and they gave us a number. And guess what is my number? My name, it's not my number. My name is QNK002. And if I don't use that number, I don't get water to drink. If I don't use that number, I don't get food to eat. And if I don't use that number, I don't get medical access. And I have to repeat this number for the All last All these six diplomats years, and, and dignitaries a cross-section of heavies from the global diplomatic community. He has them in the palm of his hand. And that baby, all he knows is the fence, and all he knows is the detention centre, and his name... Later, a diplomat tells me he thought Aziz was Mandela-like that night. to let them know that the international community acknowledge our existence, our resilience, our struggle, and most importantly, it's going to be an historical moment for us. Thank you very much once again. Thank you very much. The standing ovation goes on and on. And then the MC announces that it's Aziz's birthday on the weekend. And she gets all of these dignitaries singing happy birthday to this young man who until a few days ago was one of over a thousand others detained on two Pacific islands, just trying to keep himself alive, with no idea if he'd ever be able to leave. It's incredible. And ridiculous. Happy birthday to you, Aziz. Happy birthday to you. Afterwards, he's swamped with well wishes. Thank you very much. They team around him for nearly two hours, shaking hands, taking photos, and giving him their business cards. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Well, I'm an analyst, analyst from Africa. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. So proud of you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks. One woman from Spain begins to cry and presses a picture of the Virgin Mary into his palm. It's our mother and we protect you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Aziz. Aziz. Yeah. Uh, with the price. With the price. Okay. okay. <laughs> come in, come in, guys. Uh, Geneva's ringed by snow-capped mountains, but every one of them is in France. So when Aziz leaves and looks up, he'll see forbidden land. They love him inside the hall, but outside he still isn't free. And that will soon become very clear. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
Flight from Manus was produced by Michael Green. The sound engineer was Melissa May. And thanks to Our House for their beautiful music. And if you want to hear more of Aziz's story, check out the Walkley award-winning podcast, The Messenger. There you can hear what day-to-day life is like on Manus for Aziz and his fellow detainees. I'm Miyuki Okiranta. Thanks for listening. And make sure to drop in again next time on Earshot when we find out what happens to Aziz in Geneva. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.